Hi guys, uh, I'm Lulu Wong. I am the writer-director of The Farewell. And I'm Anna Francesca Solano, the director of photography of the movie. We're here to do a DVD commentary. <laughs> it's very exciting because this is, I didn't go to film school, so this is really how I learned a lot about filmmaking was through listening to DVD commentaries. I don't know, did you listen to a lot of DVD commentaries? Mm, not really, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you watch the logos, it takes so many people to make this movie or any movie, I guess. But very collaborative. Oh, so okay. Let's let's start with talking about based on an actual lie. I mean, that's the opening, and it's been used a lot in the marketing materials. It took a while to come up with this line because we wanted to reference that it's a true story, but we wanted to be tongue-in-cheek about it. So for a long time, it was based on a real lie. But um, actually, it was our producer, Danny Melia, who was supposed to be here. I really wanted her to be here, but she could not be here with us. But she came up with based on an actual lie. Yeah. and. This is the first image, um, the opening image of the movie, which it took us a long time to figure out because we wanted to visually refer to the idea of the lie mm -hmm. in a subtle way. Yeah, and we were supposed to start in the U.S. with Billy as the main character. Yeah. But it was really because we lost a location uh, or part of it and had to reconceive the entire scene that we found this painting in the hospital. Yeah, it was also... We won't, there was something about not starting with Billy mm -hmm. um, and instead um, going directly to the lie as a character itself. Yeah, um, as a more thematic opening mm -hmm. for the visual. The, 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 the painting itself represents a lie because you think you're looking at a landscape and then you realize you're in a hospital. Yeah, you're playing like a visual, little visual trick. Yeah. And I mean, we'll talk about paintings. There's plenty of paintings in the movie. Mm -hmm. But it took us a long time to find something that was, you know, a, 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 a visual match from Billy's side because we had such a strong visual image, um, presentational image from Nainai's side in China. And so we actually did a reshoot because it took us a while to, to get it and we've, we um, ended up realizing that we needed Billy's side to also have a flat image as a start but then mm -hmm. open up into, you know, where we see the depth of the city. Yeah. It 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 has that moment of connecting the two worlds, but then we go deeper into Billy's, which is a more dynamic and in the busy city, New mm -hmm. York, so. And it had to feel, yeah, we had to connect it, but it also had to feel different. Mm -hmm. And then the juxtaposition to this shot was a, you know, it was something we talked about a lot of uh, of this hard cut to this very graphic image of of the uh, MRI machine um, to really emphasize the lie that she just told her granddaughter about where she was. So with this shot, I mean, this is really the introduction of the lie as a theme, both visually because we're using the camera push in to create tension, and we don't really hear what she's saying, and it was a very intentional choice not to subtitle um, because we wanted to express it visually. It isn't actually about what she's saying. And also it's the introduction of the lie theme um, 
which is the first piece of uh, score. Yeah, and then here we cornered um, Little Nine Eye against the wall, so. This is my real great aunt, real Little Nine Eye. This was part of her audition scene, actually. When we, you know, I thought about casting her, we, I had her audition with the scene of putting herself back in the moment when mm -hmm. she had to be in the hospital by herself and decide what she was going to do. Yeah, I remember it was very tough to, for her to re revisit such painful moments. Yeah. We were actually very worried when we thought about casting her. My producers, after seeing her audition and seeing how emotional it was, were worried that um, it was going to be unethical for us to ask her to revisit this trauma. But she really wanted to do it and felt it was therapeutic, actually. So one day the wife goes out of town. And when she returns... And then we had to connect those emotions in, from China, what we just um, experienced, um, back to New York again. And mm -hmm. we decided to... Um, use these very slow push-ins, mm -hmm. like a, a hint of, like, threat or warning of, mm -hmm. like, something's going on, but very subtle because it needed to leave space for the family and their joy and, like, their... You know, one of the th funny things about this joke is that my dad tells this joke, but then one of the producers, Chris White's, when he read the script, was like, oh my god, my dad tells this joke and he's Polish. And then Peter Seraf from Big Beach, the other producer, was like, wait, my dad tells this joke. Well, I think that we have that joke in Spain, too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I think one of the big things we did to contrast U.S. and China was the lighting. You know, mm -hmm. in, in China, we really uh, accentuated the fluorescent lighting, which we can talk about later. But obviously with the scene in the States, in New York, in her Brooklyn apartment, uh, we used yeah. tungsten. It was, yeah, more tungsten practicals, uh, dimmer, dimmed look with warmer tones. So... Of course, if any of my Chinese family walked into this apartment, they would be like, are you broke? Are you, are you poor? Is this why you can't use the electricity? Why is it so dark in here? Is that why all the apartments in China are, like are so that? bright? Yeah, because like, oh. why wouldn't you if you, have, if you can afford it, you know? <laughs> I get it, no. Yeah, this is, um, this is very important to me because um, I feel like this, in this scene with, um, with Nai Nai, we kind of introduce the real temp of the movie. Yeah. And what's the movie really going to be about? Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, the movie doesn't really start until we get to China. Yeah. And in some ways, we can't avoid the setup, but it is set up, a lot of the earlier stuff. And so it was important to show the Chinese side uh, f from Nai Nai's perspective, even though Billy's not there, one, to establish a relationship between Billy and Nai Nai, but also to introduce the audience to what the film is going to be once she, you know, goes to China. Yeah, I think the, the beauty of the film falls on the nuance, and, and it's what it makes it meaningful, like the fact that Mr. Lee spills the tea, to me, as important as what they are talking about. Yeah, exactly. Because we always talked about how China is immersive, 
whereas this part of the film in New York is more narrative. Yeah, it's, it's more, more plot-oriented. Mm -hmm. You know, understanding the character setups and all of that. Which is necessary. Yeah. I mean, at one point we talked about maybe just starting the movie with her already going to China and throwing the audience into the middle, and it didn't really work. We had to kind of go on the journey with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember, like, you talking about the the balance between telling too little or too much. Yeah, how much because, exposition do you... Yeah. Because yeah. all these scenes feel like little vignettes, almost. Mm -hmm. um, we don't go deep, deep on them because then... You as a writer, right? You felt like... Yeah, because it's not what the movie's about. We don't really need to know all these things about her to understand that she loves her grandmother mm -hmm. and that she doesn't want to lie to her. You know, regardless of what her life looks like, how many friends she has, what kind of bars she goes to to drink, like, it doesn't matter, you know? sleeping. It's 6 p.m. What's wrong with him? Nothing. He's just tired. Is he okay? He's fine. We're just busy, that's all. Busy with what? So with the scene um, between Mom and Billy, I think the idea was to really keep them separate, um, mm -hmm. to accentuate what's not being spoken, like Mom is keeping a secret from Billy at this point. Yeah, and we used the, the door frame to help to emphasize that distance between them. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we talked a lot about, like, I remember, you know, talking about do we need coverage, do we want to go into close-ups for it, and it was both a creative choice and a practical choice not to, because, um, you know, we wanted to keep it separated, but also, um, you know, make it feel drier this way. Yeah, more specific and dry. I love this shot of dad and it was a really difficult one because I think you know if it was not an independent film and we were forced to get coverage the traditional way would be actually to see his face and we never shot that coverage and uh, so we didn't have that to use in the edit and in many ways we, we worked around not having that footage and it's great for that. You know, yeah, we, we didn't give that option. We didn't. <laughs> I guess I should mention that. We intentionally didn't shoot it so that we didn't have that option. Just tell me what's going on. Yeah, the approach to this scene was actually a little risky. It's very we, risky. Yeah. We had our doubts as we were shooting it. Um, our, the, the general concept came from the idea of a triangle, mm -hmm. mostly mainly for when they sit on the bed mm -hmm. and 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 we reach the mid of the scene mm -hmm. when they are processing about the Does news. It, and mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's, for me, the scene is really the introduction of um, the family as a unit, as a collective, and the pressure that Billy feels. So we, once she learns the news, we didn't want to give her a single because we didn't want her to be alone in the shot because she doesn't feel alone in the room. Because she doesn't have the freedom to take her own choices. Exactly. She's just part of that collective, which mm -hmm. is the family. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it feels like she's trapped, you know, and the triangle makes her feel like she's always in between the two parents, but which is a representation of a, a greater thing, a family, culture, society, the collective. 
How could you let me find out like this? How should I have told you? Oh, your grandma's on the roof? What about the wedding? Wedding is an excuse so everyone can go see her. We leave first thing in the morning. I need to go. Billy. I need to go. Everyone thinks better if you don't. Look at you. You can't hide your emotions. If you go, Nana will find out right away. This was a pretty tricky scene to edit because of this triangle that we created uh, for continuity. It was, you know, kind of tricky to figure out. Yeah, that's that's what it... it... That was a challenge. <laughs> that was the challenge, exactly. So, like, a lot of stuff, as we were saying earlier about, you know, America, about the New York part of the movie is told through vignettes. They're not full scenes. And, you know, as she's processing the news and what she should do, because her mother told her not to go to China, but, of course, she has to go. But we wanted to express it in a more emotional way. Yeah, I just like that shot of the grandma on the subway. Mm -hmm. I think because that transition is exactly what we talked about. Uh, yeah. Planning it's, it. It's just nostalgic and it has like a certain ghost feeling about it. Like, kind of like, you want to reach to her, but you can. You can. It's like not material. Yeah, intangible. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how to transition to China. You know, there's the romantic comedy version of it, but we really wanted to have this visual transition of her ghostly image through that subway, going in uh, from right to screen right to screen left, yeah. and then all the, uh, sorry, screen left to screen right, and then the people crossing in the same direction. And then to see her surrounded by people that looks like her. Right? Exactly, but that she feels so alien yeah, in a place like where... fish out of the water a little bit. Mm -hmm. And because we saw her earlier with people that don't look like her in the birthday party. Mm -hmm. But that's her world, actually. And again, these buildings, all of the buildings... Uh, are, what we call the peach buildings. The peach buildings, but even before, right? Just all the big oh, yeah. commercial, you know real estate buildings is just the development of modern China, the pr progress, and also the, that represents um, community and society and the pressures of the collective. Yeah, and how that feels overwhelming to Billy. Mm -hmm. In many ways, you know, people might call that an establishing shot of the peach buildings, um, which it is, but it isn't. It's an establishing of a character, of the peach buildings as a character, of, yeah. as a neighborhood. And a, and a an um, introduction of the collective. Exactly. It goes from, the zoom out goes from, like, the individual to the group. Yes. The uniformity of the group as well. Yeah. It's also similar. <laughs> so this was a pretty iconic shot that we planned yeah. for a really long time, the whole family standing up. I, I have a, a picture of that, that frame with multiple Lulus and Yan. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't like the two that. of us. <laughs> no, but I think it's interesting because we... But then we, we have to explain it. Well, we didn't have 13 actors when we were blocking it, so I had to be all the characters, and you locked off your iPhone and... Yeah, and yeah. then I would paste, paste you 
multiple and times. Mo- yeah, and create a family, a creepy family of multiple <laughs> Lulus and Yen, who was Lulus' assistant. <laughs> yeah, this I would say this was actually one of the harder scenes to direct because the actors were like, it had to be blocked so specifically that the actors wanted to know why, you know, we didn't get the take. And it's like, well, you know, we're not asking you to like, act differently it's not about your performance it's like oh you have to hit that mark and i don't you know and it's hard for actors to just be like just walk from here to here hit the mark and that's it and do it like 20 times yeah on the first rehearsal i remember you had like to convince them because they didn't know you we didn't know any of us yeah and the vision of it they're like i i need uh, in like i need to understand why my character is doing this and i'm like there's no why it's a stylistic shot just get onto the spot yeah and it's very specific, like the moment um, when Billy makes the joke and that like I came, no, I came, I swam, I swam. Like there's the exact moment where uncle and dad leave the frame, like the pressure builds exactly in a very steady. Because mm-hmm. the scene's not edited in that way. And so the beats are created by blocking, which means that everybody has to hit their mark at exactly the right beat which is really challenging and you know I think we had that idea to really present introduce the idea of theatricality of performance of this very static frame and you know the way they stand in unison and look at the camera too because all of the characters are performing yeah they're like they're on stage you know they're performing joy they're performing celebration for the sake of Nainai yeah, and this is the first of um, a few scenes around the table. So we wanted to treat them, treat each of them differently. Um, in this one, it was important to introduce all the members of the family to the audience. Mm-hmm. So we did have singles of each member. But we, with foreground, we made it as cluster as possible so that there's a sense of claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And because people, all of the characters are both presenting something different than what they're feeling internally. And so this scene was really about, you know, introducing the audience to these characters. Um, in a way where we understand what they're feeling underneath. But that they saying. cannot express. So but there's that, all this pressure of like, no, there's people watch, like watching you, you have to behave and pretend. Yeah. These meat pies were delicious. <laughs> That's what I remember. They were actually very good. Yeah, this was tricky. Um, to shoot and like to find actually nice nice apartment was one of the most difficult mm-hmm. um, locations because all the apartments in China are very small yeah and we had to feed what 10 10 13 people? yeah sometimes 13 characters Pl- not including of course the crew yeah and the camera and all which that. that was insane but um also, like the layout of most of the apartments, at, le- at least in Changchun, um, are very boxy, mm-hmm. and it didn't, it didn't allow for depth or to play with 
layers. Mm -hmm. So we finally found this one, which... Yeah. But I feel like they were pretty upset with us because we turned down so many locations. It was like every apartment in China was not good enough for us. Yeah. Every night was like, no, no, no. This is a real poster. Yeah, Remember when you came? Yeah, Anna came and was my real grandma's house and saw the poster and I said, this is a poster I wrote into the script. And now you can, you know, anybody can print this poster from the A24 website. Yeah, I And so. hang it in their own bathroom. <laughs> this is iconic shot. Yes. I love this shot so much. I remember you talking about a horror tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really wanted to reference thrillers and horror films as a way to represent the internal, uh, the psychological element of it. And, you know, turning her grandmother, who she is, someone she loves, into almost like a threat. There's a sense of uh, dread. And you know, the lie being present in the room at all times, and you feel it through the camera, even though you don't see it, which is, you know, a device I think that's used a lot in horror films where there's a monster or some kind of threat that you don't see. This was shot in my real grandmother's neighborhood. And it, this was supposed to be a warner, mm -hmm. um, which it's not... It, it, it didn't work because technical issues and I mean well, and also couldn't traffic control. <laughs> yeah, you can't block no and ha and permit an entire street in China. So it's fine. We had to do some coverage and then cut around it, but it doesn't bother me because it still keeps um, the essence of what we wanted to achieve with that um, fluid, the fluidity of a water, which I mean the point of this scene is um, the repetition. Mm -hmm. And to feel that repetition, it needs to be continuous. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it funny. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't working for a long time because when we were in the edit, um, Matt said, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Like, Because right now it feels like the film is being repetitive. And it took a long time for me to say, well, no, the, the character, the uncle is being repetitive. And so how do you make that distinction? And um, and he said because right now it's just boring. It just feels to the film to the audience like, you know, the filmmaker is just saying the same thing over and over. So we actually flopped the scene and put all of the repetition at the end on their backs as they're walking away instead of the beginning of the scene. The frames are very super composed and organized. Um, some people say it's like it's almost OCD, right? OCD, yeah, obsessive compulsive, yeah. Um, it's locked off. It's it's wide and it's very organized because we, you know, wanted to create the still frame in order to give the sense of performance within yeah. the frame and the chaos is within the frame that juxtaposition of yeah chaos. what we call the organized chaos organized chaos which is very china <laughs> <laughs> this one we fought for this location so much i know they couldn't find a staircase um an open staircase like this yeah and we really wanted well that you image. fought on us 
this was your, you had this an exact idea. I said I wanted a staircase, and you said it has to be a staircase that looks exactly like this. And you showed everyone pictures, and they were like, that staircase does not exist in China. Yeah. And they were like, and it's like, impossible. impossible. Yeah. And then, of course, we're scouting a restaurant, and Danny goes, you won't believe what I just saw. Yeah. <laughs> she, felt, she was so happy. See? Danny Amelia saved the day again. Because it was important for the idea of the loop. It's yes. like a repetition, the, the not never-ending questionnaire of like, what, uh, what are you doing here and what are... Yeah, which is also representative of the invasion of privacy, mm -hmm. right? Because it is, you know, they feel entitled to know these things about you because it's about the collective. And so as an American, you just, you feel like an invasion of your space, this repetition of like coming in and getting closer and closer. This was one of the first locations we found, this hotel that we really actually loved. Uh, and it was all about atmosphere. You know, I think that I referenced Mirakami when we were talking about Hotel Best and, you know, really um, allowed ourselves to go into the surreal in this hotel. And yeah, it's just a hint. Yeah, and that's with the sound of the AC too. Mm-hmm. And then it breaks it by the reality again. Mm-hmm. And we go to the first scene that we shot. Yeah, this is exercise scene with Nanai and Billy. It was the very first scene of the very first day, and I remember after we shot it, I wanted to cry because I thought, I don't think it worked, we have to reshoot it. How are we going to find the time to reshoot it? And it's one of my favorite scenes. You know, a lot of people love this scene. Um, we also decided to shoot this as a warner. Um, and because it was the first day and we were setting up the pace, it got a, we got some people got a little stressed because we did too many takes, um, yeah, not but too many, you, but because we needed it. It's all relative, right? Yeah, What's exactly. too many? I mean, if you look at Ruben Oslin, he does 40 takes yeah. per setup. So we probably did what 10, 15. I don't remember. I don't remember, but I remember by like 10 or 11, people were a little nervous. Like, how is this how the rest of the movie is gonna go? And you're like, pretty much, yeah. Like, I mean. But when you, you needed the variety because you were not going to be able to cut around in the, on the editing room. Exactly. So, so you just want to make sure that it has the right chemistry compared with the right blocking. And pace. And yeah. the right pace. You know, we did a faster version, we did a slower version. Just because it's the first scene, so we actually didn't know what the pace of the movie was and how it's going to fit into context with the rest of the film. Because it's not coming at the beginning, it's coming in the middle. So... Yeah, I think we did maybe like 19 takes. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> the point was to create a dynamic scene inside a static frame. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the tension that sometimes works well in the movie, which is um, the staticism of the frame and how life, how full of life is what's happening inside. Inside. And almost like spilling out of the frame. There's so much life that the frame can't contain it. So I love this actor who plays Bao. Um, he actually auditioned with this T-shirt. I don't know if I ever showed you the audition, but when he came in for, when he sent in his audition tape, this was his own T-shirt. I remember, yeah. That said yes, <laughs> and I was like, 
oh my god, he's perfect. He's gonna keep that. Yeah, he's gonna wear exactly that shirt. Again, we try to represent the subtext with the blocking. Mm -hmm. Because Nainai, of course, likes to control and know everything. And, and mom is trying to avoid her. Yeah, avoid her. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, passive aggressive, uh, you know, dialogue in this. And it's, it's, I think the behavior reflects, um, I guess, like subtext or the things that are not spoken. Right? Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about Nine Night almost like following mom throughout the frame, that mom would go go in on one part of the frame and I would follow, and then she would move again, and I would, Nina would follow her again. Mr. Lee just gives me so much joy. Yeah. I mean, I, I put him, I really wanted him in every scene. Just, I love this shot, it's comedic. Uh, and Nina is the center. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are, it's not Hao Hao and Aiko, it's the couple. The couple, yeah. We, we, <laughs> They're well, a unit. <laughs> other than in the meat pie scene where we see them individually, like the rest of the movie, I think we really try to emphasize them as a unit, as a couple. Mm -hmm. They don't exist as individuals in some ways because they're there to service the plot. And not the plot of the movie, the plot of the family. Yeah. <laughs> of their play. Mm -hmm. of, yeah. Exactly. And then these are mm, group shots that we used to call like family landscapes. The idea was um, to use a wider frame yeah and have all the dynamics play at the same time yes yeah. again always about the collectiveness mm -hmm. the landscape of family all the faces the, so you the yeah. way they work as a unit and you can kind of pick who who do you want to look at yeah they, it's not like the center it's not always the the main point mm-hmm it's so interesting because even for me, having worked on this film for as long as I did and throughout the editing process, I would still continue to see new things that I didn't notice before. Every time we watched the film throughout the editing process, I would be like, oh my God, I didn't know that mom was making this face this whole time. Or, <laughs> oh God, the crab versus lobster. Yeah. <laughs> the scene was on the chopping block throughout production, throughout post-production. Every time we, you know, it came up, like, what should we cut? It was like, cut yeah. the crab versus lobster. It was always, a, if time permits. Exactly. When we were shooting, it was like, if time permits. And I said, but, but there's little ping, and there's the yeah. crab versus lobster. I love this scene so much. And they were like, but... I think that I think the concern was that Billy's not in it, so it's not moving the story forward necessarily. But it's important to establish um, each character, like Uncle, and what's gonna be like a little bit the, his friction with that. 
Um, and then also Nina in this scene, you kind of kind of sense that there's something going wrong, like mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah, because she's putting so much behind the wedding, um, you know, to the point that she's perhaps even making herself worse because yeah, maybe she should stress. be in bed or in a hospital. But it's also so much of her personality to want to control, to want to, you know, work towards putting something like this together. It's important to her. And this scene ends with a dramatic point. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be nice if you talk about, like, how you balance that with the comedy, because I think that's throughout yeah. the entire movie. Yeah, I think that, you know, finding that balance sometimes was was in the transition, you know, mm -hmm. knowing that we ended on a very serious note and then cutting to this frame, which the, the composition itself lends itself to comedy. And... It allows the audience to... Laugh. Give them permission, I guess? Yeah. I think so. It's interesting to me how a frame can be humorous, right? And why is that? Like, it's hard to explain why something is funny just by the way that they're placed in a frame, but I really love that. What is menu? Uh, means of beauty. I mean, even the way that ties, I mean, the, the way that everybody's dressed, you know, the costumes here are um, really hilarious and very realistic at the same time. Yeah, it's so over the top, but it's it's very realistic. It is what people wear, yeah. And I mean, he like blends in with the wall and the colors, the, uh, the pastel colors. Athena Wong is our costume designer, I should say, who did a tremendous job. I just think, you know, it feels both stylized but also really, really authentic to what people would actually wear. Yeah, she was able to create a very distinctive look mm -hmm. for each of the characters mm -hmm. and have it, like, represent their personalities mm -hmm. with it. But mm -hmm. at the same time, she had a very difficult job because she had to blend them and make them work or like as in, a in, a harm, in, in harmony mm -hmm. as a group because they are always together. Mm -hmm. I remember shooting this and when we were preparing Nora for the scene, we did some test cups on her because she'd never had this done to her before. Yeah, we only had one take for real cups, right? Yeah, because then once you do it, she's got the marks on her back, and you can't, you know, you can't really cover it up to do it again, so we didn't have that many takes. One of the things that was so fun about things like this is that everybody had to experience it, you know, because we were putting it in the movie, and. Aquafina had to do it for the movie. Like you had cupping done. Like I didn't. Had... I was the la the only one that didn't. You never did. And I'm so happy because our line producer still has the marks, <laughs> and it's been more than a year. No, but ago. yeah, but that's because he's got um, <laughs> evil dampness, is what they told yes. him. He had some problems. No one else got scarred. <laughs> but I guess it's like kind of high risk. This this is a fun scene. We had yeah. so much fun shooting. Like. 
and and conceptualizing and, and creating this scene mm -hmm. when we found the location and we had all these elements to play with and it was um it was fun we just it was one scene right and we divided the in four sections mm -hmm. to, to have different rooms and have a you know the sort of seamless transition between one photo studio room to the next yeah, and we break like the time space continuity mm -hmm. yeah i think we referenced was it manhattan was one of the references mm -hmm. of the silhouette yeah, mm -hmm. i think that i also felt like it should be almost a scene out of a romantic movie, you know, because we're establishing the romantic relationship between Billy and her grandmother. It's so cheesy and perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a tricky balance. Like, when is a scene cheesy as a commentary and when is it the movie just cheesy, you know? And we were always trying to uh, play with that balance. And then each scene has its own little joke. Um, Visual joke. Yeah, or like them, the clumsy couple coming down the stairs. I mean, that's the same joke in every scene. Yeah, no, but then the bride walks into <laughs> the room. That's right, that's true, yeah. And yeah. then the heart, the furry heart falls. Falls, that's true. <laughs> But that, th these are a lot of the things that we came up with that they weren't written into the script, you know? I just uh, wrote this very dialogue-heavy scene, and then we said, well, how do we make it visually interesting? It's, again, like the way you manage to balance the drama with the sense of humor, because after this whole sequence, that it's very light and enjoyable. Um, you end in one of the most dramatic bits for me in the movie. Mm -hmm which is when Nainai um, says, I'll throw you an even bigger wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the, the comedy almost uh, makes the heartbreak of those really strong, that really strong line, it, it becomes unexpected, it comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. and. That's very much the feeling of this experience in this film, is that sometimes you get lost in the joy and you forget about the heartbreak and it just kind of hits you out of nowhere like a truck. And then other times you're so deep in your heartbreak and then the joy comes out of nowhere and suddenly you're laughing. And so the unexpected nature of it is part of the experience, but also you know, I think that the the humor makes pain sometimes more painful, and um, and then the pathos makes the comedy that much more joyful. So, do you remember? Everybody asks about the. Lazy Susan, you know, and everyone asks if it's automatic. Because it, <laughs> it was supposed to be automatic. The motor was broken. <laughs> when we scouted the location, it was automatic. And and there's, you know, it's pretty common in China for a big table like this to have an automatic Lazy Susan. And it was a big part of the visuals 
of the scene. We worked in this automatic Lazy Susan that was going to be rotating throughout the entire scene. But of course, the day of production, we got there and they told us that the motor was broken and it wasn't working. So we had one person <laughs> for like 10 hours <laughs> spinning the Lazy Susan. His arm was like... <laughs> he was just like on the floor spinning the Lazy Susan. And it took so long because look how many people are at the table and we had to, you know, do multiple takes. And, and so in addition to directing the actors, sometimes in the middle of the scene, I would just scream, Paikwaila, which means it's too fast. <laughs> the Lazy Susan is too fast. And it wouldn't match for continuity. <laughs> so then we had to start over. Actually, I don't know if... I should say that, but on the wide shot, the lazy Susan is not moving. It's not I moving. know. <laughs> I know. Don't say that up. Now, then no one's gonna even watch the movie without seeing that mistake that you just pointed. Okay, <laughs> but that's that's part of that's making movies. I don't know. It's true. Um, Bloopers. But yeah, we covered this entire scene in medium three shots. Like, there's no other coverage apart from the wide shot, of course. Right, because it's. This is, of all of the meal scenes, probably the most intense one it, as far as uh, the pressure of the family and the collective. Yeah, to me, it, like, it feels like teams playing a game. Mm -hmm. It's like they are throwing the ball to each other, right? We yes. We talked about tennis or ping pong or yeah. something. Yeah. And in the frame, it's not about only the person again that it's in the middle, but the, 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 they are all equally important. Mm -hmm. It's not like one person's um, in focus and the other aren't. Like everyone's equally in focus. Equally lit, equally yeah. frame. This was another tricky scene to edit because if you had a shot where Nina is on the left of the frame and then another shot where she's in the middle of the frame, you can't cut those two shots together because it looks like she just jumps and so we had to also incorporate you know the way that the film is uh, this the way that this we had to incorporate the way that the scene is shot into the editing but we did take that in consideration when we place them on the table mm -hmm. um, so that none of the lines that were going back and forth none, none of the back and forth dialogue um, the characters were in the same shot exactly like we knew, like for example, with mom and Gugu, they're going back and forth. They are the main players in this current tennis match. We wanted to make sure that that's the were, only two shots. That's the only two <laughs> shots. <laughs> and, and there's only one single, which is Nine Eye. We Nine didn't Nine. use it though. Oh, that's true. We never ended up using it in the final she cut. Was but we the shot only her. one that had, yeah, a close up. But you know, the way we sat people was also in regards to who was against who. So if they sat next to each other, they couldn't really ping pong, right? Mm hmm. I love the score. Alex Weston did such an amazing job, and uh, you know this is a, a, a cue that really comes 
in juxtaposition with the silence of the end of the previous scene where Billy is sitting there kind of awkward in silence and then, you know, there's a hard cut and then the music is quite expressive and it <laughs> expresses what everybody's feeling that they're unable to say. Yeah, it's very evocative. <laughs> Again, it's like shots like this, I really admire the work that Young and the rest of the art team did because just all of the details are so specific and so authentic at the same time, but um, has a very specific aesthetic. After Sundance, I actually lengthened that dip to black. I don't know if you can notice it, but I made it just a little bit longer, so it was mo a little bit more of a palette cleanser before we start a new day. Mm -hmm. Just because some of it is so emotionally heavy, you almost just need a, a moment pause. of, yeah. yeah, to really feel it, to, for it to sink in. And it also gives this feeling of chapters in a play or in a musical or something, in some kind of like a stage performance where you have uh, different acts. Also, like the time frame of this movie, it's like, what, a week? Yeah. Um, I remember we broke it down. I don't remember the exact days. Four, four or five days. Yeah. So it's like day one, day two. This scene, if you remember, we only came up with the umbrellas when when we found out that it was going to be raining. And so we were like, oh my god, how do we deal with it? And I, we sent all of the production assistants out to find pastel umbrellas, and they would come back with like a red umbrella, and I would be like, no, it's not pastel, I said pastel. And, and then uh, uh, like five minutes before we had to start shooting, we just like chased down people on the street and tried to offer them money to buy their umbrellas. The hospital was, what, day two? No. When did we shoot it? Like first week, but yeah. Pretty day early. two was massage bar. That's right, that's right. <laughs> but it, this was the first time that we had the entire family mm -hmm. in a room. And I remember how we shot listed it in that room and we planned all the shots and it was great. And then we got all the actors in. And it, this room looks so tiny and small. They didn't fit, yeah. And it was like, wait, this is not gonna work. But then it did. Yeah, but we, you know, had to go into coverage for the scene, which is not something we do in many of the scenes, but we were very limited by the space and we had to work around the space. Um, but also I think that the scene serves, I think the scene is more traditional comedy than many of the others. And so we covered it in that way so that we could have more of the interplay between the characters. Yeah, that's what the scene called for. and. 
You cannot resist that just because I don't know if I want to say that. That's it. I saw him recently, handsome doctor. <laughs> he came to a screening and he said hi, and I didn't recognize him. And he goes, "It's me, handsome doctor." <laughs> he called himself <laughs> himself think... the handsome doctor. <laughs> I can't remember. He's like, I think he called himself Doctor Song. That's the name of the character. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Uh, question: Do you know about my grandma's condition? You must show this shy. Oh, oh, 奶奶，她在英国学习，所以她会说英文。是吗？ Do you remember one of the other big challenges is that, you know, I cast Dr. Song, but we had no idea how tall he was. <laughs> and then he showed up on the day of the shoot, and he's, like, heads and shoulders above everybody. You know, like, I mean, these are the things that you kind of can't plan for. And and then you have to go wider in, in order to not cut off his head in a very small room, which is hard to go wide and... Still include everybody. Situation: Most families in China would choose not to tell her. When my grandmother had cancer, my family didn't tell her. Isn't it wrong to lie? I mean, if it's for good, it's not really a lie. I mean, it's still a lie. It's a good lie. How's your grandmother? She passed away a few months after she was diagnosed. 赵奶奶啊，因为你几个月前有感染肺炎，啊，我怀疑啊，你现在咳嗽应该是当时的感染源，还没有完全的恢复，啊，所以我建议我们要拍个片子。I still really love the color palette of the scene. It was one of the things that attracted us to this room when we were location scouting. 我还是建议啊，你可以拍个片子。I like this shot. Was yeah. supposed to be for the beginning of the movie, actually. Mm -hmm. But originally, it, it came after the MRI, but it felt like it served the same purpose, and we moved it later, as a reminder of uh, her, you know, her health. Yeah, it makes her look so vulnerable, mm -hmm. fragile. Little Nana is so gangster in this shot. It's like she's like she's the godmother or something. You know, it's just the way she looks up slowly. And here we're in front of the painting, painting of the beginning of the movie, mm -hmm. from the beginning of the movie. It was tough to get the rights to use this painting. <laughs> and this, this is what we were talking before about this very composed and extremely organized um, frames that look like almost like paintings. And there's a painting inside the painting. The painting that we inside the painting. To exactly. A few times also in the hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, you can kind of tell the relationship between the characters by, by their position in the frame. You know, it's like you can understand their dynamics and synthesize those as you do on a painting. Mm-hmm. And in this scene, you know, we have the wide, which is the main shot of the scene, and we had little Nai Nai in a single, but we never did the rest of the family in singles. We, you know, because in this scene, it's very much about, like, what you're saying, representing them in the frame. Um, 
and understanding the relationship by just seeing their position in the frame. And it's very much little night night versus the rest of the family. Because in some ways, dad is shifting towards Billy's side. The Beatles shot. This is the Nai cameo. That's yes. my real grandmother. There she is. I printed this shot for my You did? Home. Yeah. Oh, and Ellen. So Ellen is my great aunt's real dog. Have I already said that? No, I don't think so. And they didn't change her wardrobe here. And <laughs> you got very pissed. Yeah, because she was supposed to be in another scene. We ended up cutting it out. And I didn't want her wearing the same clothes. <laughs> I liked her outfit change. She has a lot of outfits. <laughs> the unspoken is very prominent in that scene. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying, like, this is about how each each person deals with their emotions in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in this case, men drink, women keep busy in the kitchen, mm -hmm. Billy takes it out. In the piano? In the piano. Especially because we learned earlier that she no longer plays, and I always found that to be interesting because, you know, I do the same in my real life where I say, I don't play anymore. But then you see she really does play. And why is it that she says, I don't play anymore? You know, there's a specific relationship she has to the piano because it was put on her. It's not on her own terms. But here she's playing on her own terms and expressing herself. One of the things I loved about the costumes in the scene is uh, very early on we were talking with Athena about the costumes and at first she pulled up a lot of Asian people and said, well, you know, the characters live in America, so their references for what they wear don't have to be Asian people. Um, and uh, so I showed her some pictures of my dad in Hawaiian shirts because we grew up in Miami, so he dresses very much like, you know, someone in warm weather and Cuban-influenced. And I just think that's something we see so rarely of is, um, you know, a Chinese person who's influenced by other cultures and dresses more Western, actually. And, you know, it kind of highlights the difference between him and his brother, too. He's in Hawaiian shirts and the brother's in much more Japanese. Japanese stylish. And then the red underwear. Yeah. <laughs> we added that in the scene. I mean, it was the... I think he... He was obviously drunk, but mm -hmm. the fact of like undressing him and the idea to always give actions mm -hmm. to the actors. Yeah, was something we came up with as we were blocking. And I said, of course, he has to be in his red underwear. We should strip him. And I was worried that Ty would be uncomfortable doing the scene, but actually, he was not at all. He was very, very happy to be tossed around by Diana. And, and again, you know, you, you have a little bit of comedy. Um, in the background to contrast the drama that's happening in the foreground. Like, I'm in the zoo, but in here, if you don't cry, you don't put a show, they sing. I don't know if you would call it comedy, but the absurdity, right, of the juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
This is so ridiculous. I hate that. I mean, even the paintings, which you see in the wide shot of the like the deer with the yeah, that romantic, romantic, like nature. The, and, yeah, yeah. And then obviously this one we use wide lens to distort it and to make it like obvious, like obviously funny or quirky. Slightly absurd. Mm -hmm. You know what I think about every time I see the scene is uh, the the dead husband is uh, our one of our first ads, our Chinese first ad, Fred. And I just laugh. We use I, his photo. Use <laughs> his photo. I I didn't know until the day of, and uh, he started shooting, and I was like, hey, that's Fred. He gave his permission. This is a really meaningful scene for me because we actually shot at my real grandfather's grave mm -hmm. and and we use your real grandfather's photo mm -hmm. yeah it's not much mm -hmm. yeah it's and it's strange because every time I would visit the grave it was with my whole family I like I don't know where it is or how to find it uh, but now all the producers know how to go find it because they have I to, know you know how to, how to find look it at it too. yeah the number in the letter. Yeah, when we scouted this location, we talked about how the only way it would work, because I was really drawn to all of the white, you know, the oppressiveness, and similar to the buildings that we show earlier, the uniformity and um, just the abundance, you know, of, of these graves. And, uh, and so then we were, you know, blocking and looking at the frame and decided that the only way that could work or that we could really understand that concept is by cutting out the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a claustrophobia. Exactly. So that they are kind of lost in this white sea, Thompson marble. Mm -hmm. I think this is the shot that I'm probably most proud of in the film. I know. I love this shot too. And it's, of course, because you lingered on it for too long. I mean, not too long, but that's what it makes it funny, fun. but then sad, but then funny again. Yeah. And it's always really interesting to sit in a screening with audiences because you can kind of hear the transition of the emotions. Yeah. When is the moment that it's it's too long yeah. and it, it starts becomes becoming funny? funny. Yeah. And I remember here in this one, um, like it was important to you to feel that we were there and the sun and that it's not pleasant and it's a little harsh and it's not idealized. Mm -hmm. There's something very real. Visceral. Yeah. That you can almost like feel it, touch it, you know? I mean, the smoke. Mm -hmm. And it's hot. And, and it's hot. And we're there way too long, so you almost feel the heat and you feel the smoke. <sighs> and that little look from Aiko is so perfect. I mean, this actress is 
incredible because she does so much with so little. Yeah, and how how? Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope the audience has enough time to just go to each of them and analyze them a little bit because each of them gives you something different and something very special. Mm-hmm. Here we called it the march, the family march, mm-hmm. and then. They all scatter like, like they do in the world, right? They scatter. Mm-hmm. They're scattered around the world, and and here she is talking about being scattered in the ocean so that people don't have to come back all the way back to visit her. Remember how we found this rainbow? We randomly found it because we were actually on our way to the cemetery, mm. and we. Fell in love of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's perfect. Yeah, and it's surrounded by all these new constructions, which represents exactly the progress, the quote-unquote progress of China, and also just the uh, the Chinese dream. It's under construction. Yeah, there's so much nostalgia in this scene. I, I feel like there's something of, of that taxi, like a spaceship, that it's mm-hmm. taking her away from from. From that world and like like the you longing can stop of her childhood. We, yeah, you can stop time. Mm-hmm. Like things. You can't things stop evolve. time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think time is so interesting, and because it's, you know, it's it's four days, and sometimes you feel like time is going so fast. And then there's other times in which we really slow down and you yeah. just see a very like small there. detail. Yeah, like with Mr. Lee and the water. It's like a little window to their daily life and mm-hmm. it's so intimate. I did. I will. This thing for me was fun because in, it gave me a little a, a break from like the bright environments. Mm-hmm. Most of the movies in very bright rooms. And this um, this scene allowed for like more low key mm-hmm. and... I mean, it's so much easier to create beautiful, sexy images in low key. It's a lot harder if you have an overhead fluorescent and a bunch of people a around a round table. How do you create an aesthetic? But I think you really did. But in this one, it did make sense also for what's happening in the in the scene because mm-hmm. they are talking about the the values and and the lie itself. This is one of the few times they actually address it directly, and so they're doing. It makes sense that they're doing it in secret, in private. Yeah, and there's again it's like the two sides, mm-hmm. obviously Billy. And then uncle is the only one that it's entitled to stand and talk Mm -hmm. and be like... Because he's in between. For a moment, Billy thought that maybe dad was going to come and join her on her side. But he's indecisive. Yeah, that he's comfortable in the the shade, in the shadow. Mm -hmm. And we placed uncle in the middle because he's... In a way, almost like protecting dad. It's like, you stay on my side. It's right that you agree with me. You cannot go against the family.
this scene, if I remember correctly, was inspired by that, you know, that little crawling montage was inspired by Lucretia Martel. Remember we talked about that? Yeah. And the chairs in her opening for La Cienega. And this scene, I don't remember where it was scripted to happen, but we found this location as we were scouting, mm -hmm. and it's a bridal room, mm -hmm. and we thought it was, it was hilarious, odd. Yeah, it didn't have all the balloons, but it basically had everything else. It had some balloons. Some balloons, that's true, right. <laughs> Not as many. Right, but I mean, I think so much of the film was done like this, where we would find something that was so perfect and interesting, and then we just had Young, our production designer, take what was existing, but then just um, exaggerated even more. And it's the juxtaposition of the serious with the ridiculous and, and, you know, and sort of perspective and awareness because you're sometimes you're so deep within the scene, like our characters like Mom and Billy are, that they don't see the absurdity of how they look arguing and crying in a room filled with balloons. But they are obviously out of place. Mm -hmm. And that's also like the subtext, right? Exactly. Like she always feels out of place. It's in between two worlds. Everything was different. Everyone was gone. It was just the three of us. And it was hard. It was hard for us too. I remember your mom watching the movie for the first time and being like, I'm not that hard. Oh, yeah, she said, I'm not that mean. And your brother was like, no, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> but my boyfriend was like, oh, no, you're not that mean at all. And then Anthony was like, what are you talking about? She's exactly like that. Mom, you're exactly like that. And then yeah, yeah died. You didn't even tell me he was sick. So it felt like he just vanished suddenly. It's also this juxtaposition of this very wide shot, which um, gives us context of the serious and the ridiculous. But when we're close with Billy, you really are with her. You know, you feel the intensity of her emotions. Um, uh, but then as Hao Hao hands her that the tissue, you, you cut back and you see Aiko in the back there with her Yeah, they are just mask. there. They don't understand anything that they are saying. They have no clue of what's happening. <laughs> There's a balloon that falls, and I almost cut because the balloon fell, but then it fell, and I was like, oh, no, just keep rolling, just keep rolling. Here we see her walking alone, she kind of feels lost, and then we'll see another shot that refers to this as a mirror once she's, she doesn't feel alone anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's that like blurring of reality and surrealism, you mm -hmm. know, like what's a dream, what's real. And I like that it's evocative and mysterious and it only suggests the, the surreal world. Mm -hmm.
I guess this is a good time to tell everybody that we've been drinking. And uh, now that we're at the wedding, I'm going to refill our glasses. Sorry, I should have tied on something. I should have done your glass first. <laughs> In, in many ways, shooting these scenes evokes the same feeling that the scene evokes. You know, this organized chaos where it was like, we know what we wanted, we didn't know how we were going to get there with the limited amount of time we're going to, and we're just like, do it again, do it again, do it again. And we had, like, for example, for this, um, for this scene, we had very limited extras. Exactly. So it was like, okay, everybody here, fill the frame. <laughs> <laughs> and now move. and. Yeah. And the crab. I mean, yeah. we get laughs at the crab now. If there was no crab versus lobster earlier, you wouldn't have the joke of the crab. And the crab was such drama on set, too, because we only had enough money yeah, for 12 crabs. They were very expensive crabs. <laughs> but then, of course, because we, we actually shot this whole sequence in three days. Four days. No, four days was counting the outside, the no. portrait. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, between three to four days, yeah. whatever. However, depends on how you count it. But then, um, in the main room was three days. Yeah. And by the third day, the crabs had gone. The back. crabs, oh, smelled so bad. And we had, of course, to put them on the table and tell oh. the actors not to eat them, <laughs> including our, including this kid, including Bao. That that is a very stinky crab. One of the big things about the wedding sequence was that we had to do a lot of setups in a very limited amount of time. It's like a 20 pages sequence. How many did we do a day? How many pages were we shooting a day? I don't remember. And then the location was very challenging because um, the ceilings are very low, so I there wasn't a way to actually hide any lighting fixture. Mm -hmm. um, I had I was lucky to count with Yang's um, help, and we figured out a way that she would just get these draping drapes, yeah. and I would I was able to actually hide um, the lights in there but still made like any reset very difficult and complicated. So it was a challenging, it was a very challenging uh, sequence. Not to mention working with 150 extras. <laughs> uh, most of them we found just through like, you know, local listings somewhere. They're not actors. They're not professional. Yeah. And you know, whenever you're working with non-professional actors, they're not aware of just how many takes and how long you have to actually be on set and how much waiting around there is. And I'm directing in English for the American actors and then Chinese for all of the locals and directing into a microphone. And we also had two cameras. This was the one sequence where we were actually shooting. This is the shooting. only sequence, yeah, that we shot two cameras. Yeah, I mean, I think that we were really scared of this sequence. We were really nervous about it. And the only way that we made it through as smoothly as we did was with the help of Eddie Rubin. Eddie, the best. The best. Eddie was our line producer, but he actually flew out to China with, like, four days' notice 
on the very first day of production because we realized we needed his help on set and uh, to be an additional first AD in order to help balance our creative ambitions with the realities of the production and the limitations of the production. And we all knew that this was going to be one of our most challenging sequences because we had very limited time for a lot of setups. And one of the solutions that we came up with, because we were shooting with two cameras, was to lay down tape the yes, night before. to keep it a little bit organized. And I mean, he stayed with us. Mm -hmm. Over, like overnight, mm -hmm. like what we slept four hours a day. If, even if even that, yeah, because we'd wrap uh, one day of shooting, and then after wrapping, we would stay on location with Eddie and plan out the next day, and we would lay down tape with, uh, you know, the camera, the lens, the shot number so that the crew knew exactly where we were going next after we finished one setup. I mean, and he was there just singing Al Aladdin to keep our <laughs> Disney spirit. songs, yeah, musicals. Okay, yeah. we cannot say the specifics. Yeah, we can say it, but I'm oh. saying it wasn't just Aladdin. It wasn't okay. just a whole new oh, world. Oh, yeah, 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 but that was the main one. That's he repeated true. that one a lot of times. And he was keeping our spirits up, which it was very necessary. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he fought really hard. I mean, Eddie and Danny both. Mm -hmm. It's not like they knew the greater vision because they didn't know what was in our heads, but they trusted us and they just yeah. um, helped to fight for us to get what we wanted. It's really meaningful. <laughs> These generals, I, um, as I was casting them, I actually thought about um, the Journey to the West characters, you know, the monkey and the monk and all of the, mm. and in a way they were sort of archetypes of like that story, like, because I wanted them to all be very different, but all work as a unit. And so who was the monk and who was the, you know, the monkey and all of that. So I just think they have such iconic faces. You know? And in this whole wedding sequence, I mean, the light it had to be some sort of ugly. Not ag not like just not like beautiful and perfect because the places that we scouted were not like that and it's a little bit all over the place. Mm. There's blue, there's red, like there's it, there's no harmony. It's not delicate and sophisticated. It right. has to be real and mm -hmm. it's and the light the light is toppy and flat and but the velvet is too much but it's but that's what it's great about it yes exactly and you lean into that you know you we always said that it wasn't a, a subtle elegant beauty because that's not china that's not this world there's it's not about subtlety necessarily um i mean there's subtlety in the performances, mm -hmm. but in terms of the setting and the environment, we wanted to find a beauty in the ugly, you know, and 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 still elevated in a way to have a very specific aesthetic, even though it is somewhat chaotic.
it's not an Instagram aesthetic where it's hyper curated, you know? And I think that's what's wonderful about it, that it somehow feels uncurated. We also pushed this scene in color grading, um, which that was one of the suggestions also of Alex Bickle, which is an incredible collaborator. Mm -hmm. And this one, it's a little more saturated and more tucky. Yes. Yes. Alex definitely wanted this scene and felt, and it, I think, deservedly and so. He, I, yeah. And he was right. Mm -hmm. This is my dad's favorite song, oh, the Fugees. That's why it's there. Mm -hmm. If half of the movie could just be the two of them singing karaoke, <laughs> I would have been okay with that. If we made the movie, like, 20 minutes longer. I think you should do a sequel about <laughs> Haha and Aiko. And their perspective um, of all of this. What happened after the wedding? Mm -hmm. Was it real? Do they love each other? Did it work? Yeah. What are they actually like in the bedroom? <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Little Nai Nai. I mean, that was incredible. What a non-actress was able to you were able to actually get out from her. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think she just had to get over her nerves because as herself, you know, she's wonderful. But I think it was in the beginning, like in the hospital scene, like when, when she first started coming to set. Sorry, let's erase that. When she was... Uh, when little Nai Nai did her first scene, she was incredibly nervous. And it was just about getting her comfortable on set with everybody. And everybody was so supportive of her. And teacher Zhao, who is the actress that plays Nai Nai, would always run lines with her and just did everything to make her feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. It was really beautiful to watch. Oh, the drinking game. <laughs> this was so much fun. Yeah, this was our sort of like, everyone said, if we have time, if we have time, but this is... We were way. like, no way. We're, there's no way we, we rap without this. Exactly. So everything... And Eddie would always say, um, let's, let's get through the scene so we can get that drinking game. And the whole time for like, what, two and a half, three days, they were building the camera. So I asked my key grip, Simon, to build a mechanism where I could um, have the camera in the middle of the table and spin it um, 360 degrees. Mm -hmm. It very fast and smooth. So I had, we made a hole and he created that system, that mechanism. And I was under the table with Lulu, with you. <laughs> and, and then, because I had to pan very fast and I would not be able to look at the monitor, 
um, I had the marks on the table with numbers, mm -hmm. so they would call the drinking game. They are actually calling name um, numbers, right? Yeah. So they would call a name, and then I would just fast pen to whatever number they called. Mm -hmm. And it was very fun. <laughs> it was surprising how smooth it actually was. I mean, how 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 well it actually worked the yeah. whole system. It was really fun. It was just so fun to direct actors from under the table. You get a totally different vantage point to them. And I remember Nai Nai, the actress playing Nai Nai, teacher Zhao, she would just, I would give her some instructions and she would be like, Shema, what? She would like lift the tablecloth up and look at me at the director who was like basically lying oh, next to her feet. <laughs> Oh, how That's, hell. I mean, this is great moment. Um, just incredible. Just an incredible, incredible actor. I mean, every... All of them, yes. All of them. Don't take me wrong. Uh, but he, he, he's Don't such a method. Wrong. Sorry. He's such a method. Erase that. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a method actor that he came to me very, very drunk at one point and said, Director, I'm ready. And he's like, I've been drinking and I'm ready. Are we going to shoot soon? And he already was like crying and just completely wasted. And I was like, can you just hold it? Like, you know, we're not ready yet. You know, just hold it. And he's like, okay, director, I'll hold it. But I'm ready. Just know that I'm ready. <laughs> so it was very real. He is uh, very close with his grandmother and it was very personal for him. This is a beautiful moment, very intimate. There used to be dialogue in this scene, but there's no words needed. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I always wanted them to have some dialogue between Billy and her cousin, Hao Hao, but every time I, I put words, it almost made the scene less significant, you know, and in a way, what they both know but don't say is much more powerful. Mm -hmm. Because what is there to say? They're, they're both grieving and, you know, nothing else matters. One of the things about this scene is that every time I watch it, I see something different and I noticed that mom doesn't smile in it. Everyone else says eggplant and is smiling, but of course she stays in character and just doesn't smile. We had to scout the whole city to find this street. Yeah. Because we needed a street where there were no cars parked so that wouldn't block Billy mm -hmm. and that we could drive um, next to her mm -hmm. and kind of control traffic. This was a huge street, so we didn't control traffic, but enough to make it work. And we only had one attempt to get We did because, I mean, Aquafina, you know, she ran the entire way and I told her just keep going, keep going. But by the end of it, she was like, I'm out. She was out of breath. She was like, I can't do that again. And so that was it. And plus we were running late. And it, and we got it. We got it. I mean, a lot of, we have to give credit to Fred, our other first AD, because he went there and he ran the distance to time it out beforehand. 
One of the details from, from uh, Mrs. Gao, the maid, is that she doesn't say uh, I in the same way that the rest of the characters says I in Chinese. She uses a different dialect, which you wouldn't know this unless you spoke Chinese, but that dialect signifies that she's from outside, like a village maybe, and not from the main city. The copy center guy and the woman in pink are actual people that we found when we were scouting copy centers and she was wearing exactly that. We were like, that's perfect. Will you please be in the movie and wear can you, exactly that? Can you that? wear the same thing tomorrow? <laughs> so in this scene, we break the fourth wall and we actually make the audience partners in crime of what the family, and what's the family mission mm -hmm. of hiding the truth from Nainai. Mm -hmm. And the gang walk. The gang walk. I just remember in development, it was like, we need a moment, you know, of resolution. And I said, oh, yeah, they're just going to walk down the street. And I was like, well, how is that resolution? I was like, well, it's, it's not, a gang not, walk. Yeah, they're walking in a specific way with specific music. In that's, slow motion. Yeah. It's like it's very epic. music video kind of like. Yeah, that was the idea. And it was hard to be like, yeah, that's the entire scene. It's just them walking. But I love it because it really conveys the emotion of them pulling it off, but also there's a lot of melancholy. It's not like a joyous thing that they pulled it off because at the end of the day, they still have to say goodbye. And of course, the juxtaposition of the individual, Billy, against now she has the support of her entire family. She's, She's part, part of, of the collective, mm -hmm. yeah. I like this little moment, like, life goes on. Mm-hmm. Wedding is over, but, you know, life goes life on. Life goes on. And, I mean, this scene, you were very brave in this scene because we were already shooting it. We had, like, already got, like, at least few takes, and we were doing some close-ups, and... We knew it wasn't right. There mm -hmm. was something. It was lacking, like, something. Yeah, I mean, it didn't... You could feel that it wasn't part of the cinematic language of the rest of the movie. And But we, it was late. We were running behind schedule. And, but you were like, okay, let's stop here. We're going to start over. We lock ourselves into the room. We close the door, and everybody waited. Yeah. The crew, the producers, everybody. Mm -hmm. And we just like, we're thinking. Leave us alone. We gotta think. We broke our brains off until we found it. Yeah. And and I'm really proud of it because yes, me you know we really have just said let's embrace the white walls. Let's lean into it. Let's give them all of this negative space. And Yang, when we told her that concept, you know, designed the shot around, uh, you know, the, 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 the props around the shot that we were going to create. And she put these photographs. And um, this photograph behind Nai Nai is a real photograph of my dad and uncle as kids. And the other shot behind Billy is a shot of my real grandmother and real grandfather in the army when they were about 16. Yeah, it had to be like very simple. 
mm-hmm. just by like the negative space and the photos. It's it's what gives weight to the walls, mm-hmm. and 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 then it has like history and 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 time and care and family. Everything isn't like in those photos. It just it it represents what Billy is so afraid of losing mm. and what it's banishing. And then of course their silence is juxtaposed with the noise of don't come downstairs, you're, you're fine, you're fine. And then it's juxtaposed it's again with the silence here of the hug. And I think so much of the film relies on these, um, you know, major juxtapositions, the contrast of silence and sound, of joy and sadness. This one we wanted at a twilight to give it that melancholic tone. It's like the the whole city is asleep and they are the only ones left. There's something it's always those morning flights about it. that yeah. are really sad, you know. I love that this is their goodbye, you know, and because it's so real and it's still the things that are not being spoken. It's um, this yelling is an expression of love, of get on the plane. It's not, I love you, I'm going to miss you, I might never see you again. It's not literal. It's get on the plane, don't miss your flight. And of course, this shot was a really important shot from the very, mm-hmm. very beginning, and was always the idea to do it as a POV shot. Yeah. And to see her get smaller and smaller. It was a really challenging shot to shoot, though, because we had a trailer that didn't fit in the alley. Yeah, and then to find an alley without cars, and that it, it gave us, like... I mean, that alley was with cars. We mm-hmm. just pulled them all out, like, physically pulled them. Manually by hand? Yes. Yes, exactly. I think there's videos of, like, the crew throughout the shoot just, like... Moving cars. Moving cars by hand. And then this shot is very strong. Um, of all the scenes that we cut, it, that's the scene that I love the most, because it is a really beautiful scene when they talk, the, the conversation between mom and Billy. But it, the silence is so strong. Yes, it, it's stronger to have them not talk in the context of the movie. But you know, of course, as an independent scene, it's really yeah. beautiful. It was a very, very well-written script, scene, beautiful and, scene. And also Diana is one of her most powerful performances. There's always just something so vulnerable about, you know, seeing your parents exhausted and asleep, and they're emotionally exhausted, you know? It's it's really powerful um, for me to see that, because it really does remind me of my real parents when they're just so beaten down, and they can't even protect Billy from the realities of life. And then we're back to this empty and silent room space. 
now you've you miss everybody mm -hmm. you've been overwhelmed by all that craziness and then as soon as you don't have it you miss it mm -hmm. it was important to show that she doesn't live in a shitty place you know it's not that her life is terrible she's put together a nice life for herself she's assimilated and has friends and has a nice place to live but life is about more than that we did so many takes of this because it's a oneer and we were working with extras and then of course there were just normal people who would walk into the shot because we couldn't fully block off the street and I was never sure that we really had it. And so it still amazes me to this day that we got it. We'll talk about this ending a lot because I think that there's a lot of discussion over why this is included in the movie, you know, this uh, reality that Nai Nai is still with us, you know, is it to tack on a happy ending or what is it? And I think for me, I knew that her outliving her prognosis wasn't part of the main movie. But it was, because that's not what the movie's about. The movie is not about whether she lives or dies. It's about the spirit of her and the way that Billy continues to carry her spirit with her no matter where she goes. But it was also important to include uh, this bit of real footage at the end because knowing that she's still alive influences the way that I think about the lie. And I can never think about the lie without considering the fact that she did outlive her initial prognosis. And so was it right or was it wrong? I'll never know. And so I wanted the audience to have that same conflict, knowing that she did outlive what the doctor initially diagnosed. And how does that affect the way you think about the ethics of this lie? Did it work? Per chi il cuore batterà nel buio. Per chi Have you heard this uh, version of the song? I heard, I heard it, I heard the other day when I went to the theater to watch it was for the first, the first time. time, and I thought it was brilliant. Really? When everybody, when, and I can, I can recognize your voice. Yeah, everyone says that. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Oh, I'm so glad. It was quite a battle to get this song, if you remember. Mm-hmm. You know, getting the festival rights, and then, you know, once we sold the film, saying, okay, well, we want the song now permanently, but we, it wasn't just that we couldn't afford it, but because it's the Italian version, we couldn't find the translator, and it's the translator that ultimately owns that version, and so we didn't know who to track down or how to find him in order to get the rights. 
And so ultimately we just had to do our own version. I can't live if living is without you. Every time I hear this song, it makes me so happy. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of Q&As, and so I usually walk in at, you know, as the end of the movie is playing and then the music comes up. And so, you know, I, when you're making a film, you don't think about that stuff. You don't think about how many times you're gonna hear the end credit song because you're doing Q&As. And um, it, it makes me happy. Every time I hear it, I'm in the aisle waiting for the Q&A to start and I'm just singing to myself. <laughs> and I. It makes me happy that we fought for it. We were also drinking during the day. I can tell. I can, <laughs> tell. can you tell? We drank a lot of uh, tequila, and it was a good time. We were up in, uh, in New York, upstate New York, at a studio in the countryside. I mean, this was a very ambitious project, and we got everything. Of course we missed some things. One, the thing that I really regret we didn't get, it's the crossing montage. Yeah. Every time, same for me, every time I feel like a lot of stuff we planned in, in many ways because of our limitations, it ended up being better because we were forced to think on our feet. But the one thing that we lost was our beloved, beloved crossing montage. Which is, was, it was like this, all these shots of torsos from like the family torsos. Crossing because the spaces are so small. Yeah. And everybody's just moving and it's part of that organized chaos. Yeah, that... and it's like a, like a perfect mechanism. Like as they are all in sync and like yeah. you pass plates, like a choreography. It's like yeah. a ballet almost, a yeah. ballet of family in a small apartment. But we'll do it in the next movie. Exactly. I mean, we tried to explain how important this shot of torsos was to the story. And we said we, we, we have to... We did pitch it. And we have to add extra time and money so we can get this elaborate sequence of torsos crossing next to each other. And there was even one piece of it where it wasn't just... It was torsos crossing and then one person rolling a chair. And so it was like a part of a chair, of a rolling chair and some torsos crossing each other. Plates and chairs and... Yeah. Next movie, we're gonna have a crossing montage for sure. You have to watch. Maybe we'll put a crossing montage in every movie from now on. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be our little inside joke. Bye-bye. kind of sad to say goodbye. Now it feels really like the end, you know? <laughs> All right, I guess we should say goodbye. Look at how many people we had to thank. Well, I guess this is the end as we finish our wine. I hope you enjoyed. Cheers this commentary with Lulu and Anna. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Dun, 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 dun.